Episode number 207, Why We Don't Get Answers. I am your host, Damon Soka. This is perhaps the question I get the most. Why don't we get answers to our prayers? Why don't we get answers to our questions? Why do I feel that I'm in this constant emotional loop that never ends? Why doesn't God answer me? What more do I need to do to get answers? How do I move forward when I constantly feel as though I'm stuck? I am doing my part, and where is the Lord in his part? Now, we may not ask those questions directly, but if you really think about it, most of your deeper, troubling questions come down to why you are not getting answers. It is really a natural part of who we are. We have a deep-seated need to understand the why. It is simply the way our brain functions and the way we as mortals are wired to think. We search for cause and effect. We want to see the plan laid out for us in plainness. We want clarity. We believe that with understanding and clarity, we can withstand the trials we are facing better. We think that understanding will provide the fortitude. And yet, we do not have, when we do not have understanding, when we do not know the purpose and design, or when we do, we still struggle through our bouts of moral misunderstandings and emotional turmoil. And yet, for the most part, we don't get to know the outcome of our trials. We are often unable to see and access the plan and design for us. We often find ourselves stepping into the darkness, just hoping the trial before us or the trail before us continues. Far too often we wait for the fog and darkness to clear rather than taking that step into the unknown. We doubt, we mistrust, lose faith, struggle to find hope and desire and clarity. Even when we take that step of faith or several steps of faith into that darkness, we so often hope that the fog will clear after a few steps. When we have done our part, we have taken that path in the darkness. We have extended our faith. Now, where's my answer? I've done what I've had to do. I've done what I should do. I've done what I've been asked to do. Today, I'd like to relate a personal story. My story begins four and a half years ago when we were living in Cheney, Washington. That's close to Spokane. I, have a wonder I had a wonderful job, two-acre property in the country. My wife had a volunteer firefighter job she loved. I had been diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis a few years before, and the medications were actually providing for a reasonable cure. Life was very good. When we moved into our new home in Cheney, I had an impression that we would not be there very long. Now, I thought it strange to feel that way as I had no plans for moving in the future. And yet, that feeling just wouldn't leave me. Because of my lifelong concerns with my mental health, I don't always concern myself with my emotions and thoughts unless they remain consistent and I feel what I'll call them interrupting impressions, meaning for me that I feel impressions when my mind is occupied with other things. The impression doesn't fit the mentality or emotions of the moment. This is one of my ways of sorting out answers from the Lord and, of course, my own feelings. And I told my wife several times about my feelings, and one evening we both felt it deeply and prayed that the Lord would simply show us the path forward. I told him that we would do anything he asked of us. Little did I know what he would ask of us. The next morning, a job recruiter called from the East Coast, and because of the previous conversations that night with the Lord, I could not say no to him. I interviewed and followed through with the process, and I found that if I move forward, and it isn't the Lord, things just don't work out for us. As much as I didn't necessarily want this to work out, it did, and we moved to Baltimore, Maryland, 
We had never lived or even been anywhere close to the East Coast. We had never even visited that part of the East Coast. We knew nothing of Baltimore area or anyone in the area. The move tested us in ways I cannot fully explain. Now, this was a stepping into the darkness and the unknown for us. We had no reason to go to Maryland other than following that prompting and promise to the Lord that we would do whatever he asked. Now, after some concern about finding a home and location to live, we moved in the summer of 2019 to Baltimore to begin a new chapter of our life. What we did not know is that within a few months, the, the pandemic would interrupt our lives in dramatic ways. For me, it was more than a simple inconvenient illness. While I did not face the prospect of losing my employment, I did contract the illness as most of us did. However, my autoimmune illness and COVID did not live well together. I went through a prolonged illness followed by what now is referred to as long COVID. My first contact with the illness lasted more than a year and I struggled at work to even function. Ultimately, the illness strained my employment sufficiently that I needed to find an alternative location to work. Basically, I lost my job due to issues the illness caused and my type of work. Long-term illness or any illness in construction typically do not work well together. Now, during this troubling time, I received actually another call about a job offer in Atlanta. Now, I was hesitant due to my health and other concerns of moving my family again, and yet I felt I needed to see it out as I had done with the job in Baltimore. Now, this job worked out, and I moved my family to where we now live in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, not Atlanta, Georgia. I moved to a smaller town outside of Atlanta towards the Alabama border. Now, I spent the next two years with this company and contracted COVID three more times. Ultimately, the illness caused stress and the need for another separation from my employment. However, during this time frame of stress and separation, I contracted the illness a fourth time and it proved very difficult. I ended up losing the job in Atlanta and another job that I had procured. During this time frame, I did really feel abandoned several times and wondered why the Lord had brought us to Baltimore and then to here only to leave me without a means to support my family. And it was also during this time frame that I ended up in the hospital ER, passing through a troubling time with my mental health. The darkness was very real during this time frame, and I wondered if I would even need to retire and go on disability due to my health concerns. Emotionally, I had experienced severe anxiety attacks and depression. I passed through more moment, moments of suicidal thoughts than I care to mention here. I have never felt more abandoned and in the dark. I really did not know necessarily what to do. Ultimately, I had to look for another job and was interviewing at two jobs that were very good jobs. And I was certain one of the two jobs would be my next place of employment. However, a third option came about rather unexpectedly. And ultimately, this is where I eventually ended up. It is where I work now, and I do enjoy it very much. And yet, as I look back over the last four years, the trials, the struggles, and difficulties have been taxing, trying, and difficult as I have ever faced, and my wife. I spent a great deal of time in prayer and just holding on to what little faith I could muster. I have never faced a time in my life when my mind has just wanted death. Not suicide, just death. I just wanted the suffering to end. I was at the end of my capacity and what I could do. I was at the end of my rope. I could do no more on my part. I spent many days in my bed resting my body because of my illness. 
As part of my long COVID, I have often dealt with throughout these last four years, severe fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, severe pain in joints, muscles, and skin. And this has brought, of course, bouts of depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, and other issues that commonly occur with health challenges. I admit that my road has not been easy in the slightest. When I had initially had that impression in Washington, I had no idea what the Lord had planned for my life. If I had known what the move to Baltimore would have caused, I doubt that I would have come on the journey. I admit that I do not know the answers as to why. Yes, I have learned. Yes, I have grown and developed spiritually during the process. And yes, I admit the Lord has provided for the trial and has often intervened in my life in ways that I know it's Him. But I admit that many of my petitions for healing, for relief, for understanding have gone what I felt was unanswered during this time frame. I had petitioned often, and the Lord had been willing to provide temporary relief, but truly it had only been temporary. Now I admit that in some ways I am still a little bit in the dark as to the full purposes of the Lord in this journey that we are on, and I will admit to feeling very frustrated about it at times. I am by nature more of a planner than most people, and for me, not understanding or knowing the causes, knowing causes me more distress than it should. I have throughout this time frame asked for answers, and I have gotten in return what I have gotten in return is why answers don't always necessarily come. But perhaps some of these lessons might help you in your time of distress. My first answer is quite simple and obvious when you listen to my story. If I had known the path and had gotten the answer about the path, would I have taken the journey? Now, I don't entirely know, but I would think that I might have rationalized myself out of it. Meaning, we don't get answers sometimes because the Lord knows if we had them, we wouldn't go through the trials we need to. We would rationalize ourselves out of them. Often the Lord cannot tell us the answers to why, because if He did, then we would act in ways that would cause us to opt out of our trials. The Lord cannot tell us a time frame for our healing because He knows that we would attempt to haggle our way out of them. We would ask for reductions in time, suffering, and a million other things to see if we could pass through the trial but not really experience it. We would purposely thwart our progression and learning. The second is that I admit we are receiving answers. Many times we do not recognize them as answers. The Lord tends to work in small and simple ways, and His answers are easy to miss. He opens opportunities we see as fortuitous. We coincidentally happen upon information, people, and answers to our questions that don't really come with a spiritual witness. Much of the revelation we receive does not come in the manner we expect. As we keep our minds open to the Lord, open to the Lord, He can use all types of opportunities in our lives to provide answers. As I look back over the last four years, I received answers all the time that I just couldn't see as answers. If we ask the Lord to show us what He is revealing in simple and small ways, I can promise that a whole new world of revelation will open to your view. Third, I rarely receive answers during prayer. I know this seems counterintuitive because we pray to get answers to our questions, but it has been rare for me to receive answers directly during my prayers. I am not sure if it's just me and the way the Lord speaks to me, but I realize that if I ask a question, open my mind throughout the days and weeks, and wait, the Lord generally provides. He doesn't always provide the entire answer at once. Often a word, a phrase, a scripture will come into mind to ponder, 
And when I have learned that portion of the answer, then another thought phrase will come into my life through the various sources the Lord uses. I've learned to open the channels to anything that might come into my life. When I do this, I find that I receive far more answers to my questions. Fourth, we don't often ask the right questions. Sometimes I have to ask the Lord what I should be asking. We ask questions that the Lord can't answer all the time. However, there are questions he can answer, and sometimes we simply need to ask him what the right question is. When we ask that question, it can lead to others, and answers can come. Sometimes we can only have a part of the answer based on timing and the Lord's perfect understanding, but we need to be able to ask the right question to obtain the right answer. Fifth, now this one is a bit strange in some ways, but in other ways, it's not. I have regularly had the Lord reveal to me answers before I ask the question. Now, I take note of what I feel is revelation because I have found that the Lord knows what questions we will ask Him and provides revelation even before we ask the question as part of our willingness to live His covenant. We should be willing to accept revelation when it comes, even sometimes before the question or the problem arises. The Lord can reveal what we should do before we come to the problem. Finally, I have at times struggled to understand what is revelation and what is not. What I have found for me is that the Lord understands my struggle, especially with mental and emotional health problems. He finds ways of speaking so that I know that it's Him. For me, it's often repetition. I will often feel things several times at different moments so that I know what I should do. It is also feeling something out of sync with my current emotional state and thoughts. When something comes out of the blue and does so a few times, then I tend to take note. One of the most important things I ever did was to ask the Lord to show me how involved He is in my life, all of the answers He's giving me, and also how often He protects and guides me in simple ways. I was actually astonished to find out how deeply involved He was. And is the, it is the simple details and concerns that are ordinary that He actually concerns Himself with. If I have a conflict at work, He has regularly stepped in and helped. If I am trying to figure out how to solve a problem at work or at home, he regularly provides insight to let me move forward with the information and abilities that I have. Are there times when the Lord is silent for me and I'm not getting an answer? Yeah, I have felt that regularly, but I also take note when that happens. The Lord is not a God of inaction, so when He doesn't provide an answer to my question, that for me is an action. Yes, I might be asking the wrong question or not doing my part, but even when I am and He doesn't answer, I realize that there's some wisdom in his lack of an answer. I do attempt to find out why he's not answering, if it's timing or something I'm doing or not doing, but if I receive no answer, then I move forward without one, knowing that he won't let me travel far without redirection. And if I don't get any redirection, then I move forward knowing that he's good with what I'm doing. Now, I admit in closing out this podcast today that dramatic answers to my prayers have happened, but are far more rare in my life than those simple ones that so often go unnoticed by me. Dramatic answers are actually rare for a reason. Dramatic, demonstrative answers require action, and because of their nature, leave less room for learning, growth, and really agency. If we are consistently seeking for these type of demonstrative answers, we are not really living the way the Lord has asked. He has stated that an unwise and slothful servant needs to be commanded in all things. When we require such manifestations, commanded as it were, rather than guided, we are leaning into the unwise and slothful servant arena. Now, I hope today perhaps you have received 
some of the answers you might be looking for to obtain in your life. I promise that the Lord is in your life, even when the darkness and the fog of life might say otherwise. He is concerned for you, and I have felt that many times when I have thought to perhaps end this podcast. His love runs very deep for you. May you find him in your life in the answers you seek. Till next week, do your part so that the Lord can do his.